Welcome to Pure and Simple, a podcast from NCMPR that spotlights community college marketing and PR professionals. Hear from NCMPR members as they share their personal and professional experiences and tell stories from the field. I'm your host, Jeff Julian, a proud member of NCMPR and Chief of Staff at Harper College in Palatine, Illinois. This episode of Pure and Simple was taped live at NCMPR's District 3 Conference in Grand Rapids, Michigan, earlier this month. Hi, guys. I'm Jeff Julian. I'm the host of the Pure and Simple podcast, and thank you for being here. Give yourselves a round of applause for sticking around for what normally is the part of the conference when you leave. I know. I've been to conferences before. I'm usually not here. In fact, I'm only here because I'm up here. Normally, I'd already be gone. I understand. But thank you for sticking around and being here with me today. I really do appreciate it. The podcast is one of the really cool things that I get to do as part of my job. So I figured today I would tell you a little bit about myself. I would be authentic and vulnerable since that's what we were all doing earlier with Caesar. So a little bit about me. I am uh, the chief of staff at Harper College. Now, what is that? I don't know. No one told me when they gave me the job. They just said, you're the chief of staff. And so what I figured out is that more accurate term is chief of stuff, because I do a lot of weird stuff on a regular basis. And that's what makes up my job. But it's fun. It's exciting. I get to support a very dynamic president, Dr. Avis Proctor at Harper College and work with a wonderful leadership team. And it's, it's a cool job. It's probably one of the more in, most interesting jobs I've ever had. But I never thought I would be a chief of staff. Okay. Here's what I wanted to be. People always say, oh, you're really good at this. You're a good talker. It comes very natural to you. Well, that's because I wanted to be a radio DJ. And I'm a failed radio DJ, okay? I went to school to be a broadcaster, all right? And so um, my first job was in, so I lived in the Chicago area. My first job was in um, Champaign-Urbana on Rock 95.3. And I was a weekend disc jockey, which means I made no money, okay? No money. I was sleeping on my friend's couch doing um, overnight weekend shifts on Saturday and Sundays on Rock 95.3, playing all the greatest rock and roll, Aerosmith, Led Zeppelin, another strong rock block coming at you, 10 for 10, let's do it, come on. Um, Yeah, it sucked. So I wasn't making any money, so I took another job as a receptionist at a law office, okay? And that's where I also honed my... Uh, my skills at speaking. I can still remember the call. Dobbins, Frank, Lieutenant Joy and Pearlstein, how can I help you? Oh, no, Mr. Dobbins is unavailable right now, but I'd be happy to take a message for you. So that, that's how I got to do the podcast, okay? I failed at radio. I was a pretty good receptionist. And then I got some jobs at a college and somehow became the chief of stuff and now the co-host of... Not co-host? There's nobody sitting here. I'm the host of Pure and Simple. So... That's kind of a backstory for you. I wanted you to have a little bit of a glimpse, insight into what I do on a day-to-day basis. But this is an interview show. It's not my stupid show to talk about my failed career. Or is it? No. All right. It is my pleasure to welcome my first guest for today's live episode and interview, photographer extraordinaire, Steve Jessmore. Welcome, Steve. Thank you. And you brought your camera, just like we said. 
Yes. I asked. Sorry, I dropped the mic. That's all right. It's all just right. live radio. I mean, live, it's just it's just a live podcast. I guess. What could go wrong? Nothing. Nothing. Well, we'll talk about that later. Uh, so you've been a photojournalist for 30 plus years. I was. Yep. Uh, photojournalist and university photographer for another six. That is amazing. And I was told you're in the Michigan Journalism Hall of Fame. Central Michigan. Journalism. Oh, yeah. I didn't make it quite to the Journalism Hall of Fame yet. Fact so. check, Dave Murray. Incorrect information. Well, I would have liked to play that one out, but yeah. I, so, I what is involved in being in the Central Michigan Hall of Fame? Uh, you know, I don't really know. They Do you just get a nominated me, and, and do you get uh, a patch? No cash. I got my picture on the wall. I teased my kids, though, that they were going to build a statue of me in the courtyard, but you know, yeah, I didn't get that. I just have they treated little, you any better since plaque. you got into the Hall of Fame? Uh, they always treat me well. So, oh, see? Yeah. yeah. That's a good dad. I try. Give, give, Steve, give Steve a round of applause. Yeah. All right. I am always fascinated by the interplay between photographers and the rest of the creative team, whether it's marketing or communications, right? Because you see the college and the world that the college exists in completely different than anybody else on, on that team. You see it through a lens, you have to provide um, humanity to students and staff and faculty, empathy. You have to capture the moment, right? Right. What do you think other members of the team can learn from photographers that they could use in their own work, whether it's a writer or the director of marketing, what can they learn from, from you as a photographer that they can incorporate into their work? Well, for me, I think uh, I took a lot of the skills from photojournalism and brought them to college, but I, you know, I do a lot of listening and a lot of observing and uh, you know, one thing I always walk to assignments as I uh, did my job on campus and uh, Quite honestly, I would never take the same route twice. I would always try to take different routes and see different things and, you know, see uh, what was changing. And, and, you know, most of the time there are different things in different places. You meet different people. Um, you know, it's just, it's really a lot. I was always a community photojournalist. So being a community, to me, the college was just a big community. And uh, for me, there, there's a lot of dynamics in that community that if you just get out and meet people, you get story ideas, you, you find out what's on people's minds. It's, uh, you know, the finger on the pulse thing. It's just, uh, you know, by talking to people and listening, that to me is the way I always got all my stories. That's great. So how do you distill that, though, into advice for writers or for... You know, the graphic designers, should they go for a walk more? Should they, should they go see campus? What, I mean, what? Well, you know, honestly, yeah. You know, I think a lot of people get in their car and drive to the office and get out of the car and go upstairs and, you know, right. get back in the car and leave. So I just think you'd be part of a college community, just like you're part of your own community when you get home. And uh, by doing that, you understand what the dynamics of your college are. Um, I do a lot of college freelance now, and I think a lot of Colleges and universities are, they're similar, but they're all different. You know, they have their unique uh, uniqueness. They have their first best. They have, um, you know, they have their things that often get forgotten. I think it's just a matter of going out and observing and seeing and, and uh, just really, you know, being creative. And um, not that we all aren't, you know, 
on a daily basis, but you know, you, you need stimulation. And to me, by getting out, you know, it's a lot easier to be stimulated and inspired by experiencing your university than just like, say, looking at a bulletin book or taking a phone call and, and uh, you know, within your four walls of an office. So yeah. I, I do feel that's important. So at Grand Rapids Community College, what is your favorite or most memorable subject to shoot? Students, staff, events, what, what, what is it? What's a, what's a highlight for you every year? Oh, by far, it's just uh, the diversity of the student body. Uh, you know, the, the ages of the students. Um, I went to, you know, I worked at Central Michigan University all those six years. And, you know, there was a four-year range of students for the most part, you know, 18 to 22 or maybe some grad students. GRCC in the same classroom, you know, we have 18-year-olds and 50-year-olds and, and you know, all races and uh, you know, just all economic, uh, you know, backgrounds. And it, it's just that to me is why I love that college. How did COVID change the way you did your job? Uh, I didn't do my job. You know, it was a very difficult uh, time as a freelance photographer. Um, I can remember the day, March 8th, my phone literally ran off, you know, just rang off the hook. And, uh, me, as in many people, our work was canceled for the year. Um, you know, I think I had over 100 invoices the year before. I had six in, you know, wow. 2020, 2020. So it was uh, really a diff- difficult kind of year, you know, to uh, it made me sort of look within a little bit more. It made me try to, uh, you know, challenge myself to learn different things in my craft better, learn to light better, learn to watch some videos, reach out to some other photographers that I admired and just say, hey, how do you do that? Yeah. Get a little feedback. Is that, uh, what, what was the biggest lesson you learned during that time of kind of inactivity or, or refocusing your activity? Well, I think, you know, the, the biggest probably lesson I learned is that I'm still self-motivated in that, um, you know, we all need to be self-motivated to a point. I didn't want to wait around for that first phone call to tell me that I had a job again, you know, that I needed to. Um, my wife, you know, after about four four weeks, probably, she said to me, you know, like every day is a gift from God. You got to make the best of it and and don't let it, you know, if this is your last day, make sure it counts. And, you know, the COVID is a gift of time. We don't know how long this is going to last. And, um you really need to make the best out of it and figure out what you always wanted to do and do it. And, and uh, so for me, that was, again, it's always self-betterment and learning something new and, and just uh, challenging myself, I guess. I don't like to sit back and rest on those Hall of Fame laurels. That's you right. I mean, you <laughs> you want to keep getting better and keep doing and you have a work ethic. And I, I think that work ethic, again, has to be self-motivated. And so... That's what I did during. It's probably okay to rest on those Hall of Fame laurels every now and again. You did, well, or maybe at CMU, you know, <laughs> yeah. That's great. No, I think that's really good advice. So, you also have done some award-winning work with the Autobahn Society. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. That was my COVID project. That was your COVID project. That's Talk more about I, that because I saw those photos, and this would be a great time if we were. You know, if we were like a full production uh, TV studio here, we'd be like, hey, let's take a look at that photo. But we don't have that. So you're just going to have to, Steve is going to talk, close your eyes, and he's going to tell you a story of the birds that he he photographed, right? Yeah, or you could go to Instagram at (laughs) at sjesmo and uh, take a look at what I did. But no, you know, my wife, again, she challenged me. And 
You know, we, I'm imagining everybody started working from home, most of you. Uh, you know, I, Zoom meetings, it was difficult. And uh, after my wife challenged me, it was kind of like, well, what do I want to do with my life? Like, what did I always want to do? You know, I'm really perfectly happy day in, day out doing what I did. Now I can't do it. So I knew it centered around photography, but I didn't know what that was going to be. And isolation, you know, we had to isolate. I have a place up north on Torch River. Um, once the governor said it was okay to go up there, we all went up there and we isolated. My wife can work remotely. I had no work, so I tried to figure something out. I did have one assignment, though, that it was for a retailing magazine. And the story was about how hard kayaks were to get. And I had never been in a kayak. I worked with a videographer from college, and videographers are kind of crazy. We saw that today. But he <laughs> said to me, those are death traps. You can't get in them. You know, you'll go over, you'll die. I said, all right. So I never got in a kayak. I got in a kayak after I got done shooting this assignment. I had never done it before. It was the greatest thing. So I ended up buying a kayak, started going out on Torch River and into the marshes. And I started taking my camera and I started going out really early in the morning. I still didn't know what I wanted to do or what I wanted to learn. And all of a sudden the ducks were flying before sunrise and the birds and I was trying to capture them and I couldn't do it. And I was like, this is it, you know, game on these guys. I'm going to learn how to do this. So I started doing bird photography in about July or August, September, the migration in the fall. And, you know, I was trying to get better at something that I wasn't good at. And as a photojournalist, we always had to be kind of good at everything. And he just had to bring back a picture all the time. I wasn't bringing back pictures sometimes, and that was really upsetting me. So I started shooting wildlife and I started posting and people were sending me messages and notes and saying, oh God, you know, you're, this is so nice. And you're, I'm isolated. You're, you know, giving me a window to the world and you're making me happy. And I thought, wow, this is fabulous. Then I started having photographers texting me saying, my God, like, how are you getting these pictures? You're inspiring me. I'm not doing anything. This is really great. And I thought, great. This is all my life. This is what I like, you know, to try to make people experience their community or whatever. So I was doing really good. Somebody said to me, you should check out Audubon. You should check out this contest. And I Googled it and it's like the photo contest and you know, it's all these birds. He said, well, follow this guy. And I looked at his work and I thought, that's oh, okay. You know, it's good, but that's, <laughs> it's not moving. It's sitting there. I, so my thing became birds doing stuff and uh, like dogs playing poker. Well, sort of, but okay. I haven't run across that yet, okay. you know, but, but not just sitting there looking pretty doing stuff. So I started photographing and then again, you know, more comments and I'd post and People are saying, you should enter the Audubon contest. And I thought, really? Okay. You know, and I entered, I had to be a, I'm a professional photographer, but I'm not a professional wildlife photographer. I'd only done birds for six, eight months. I entered four pictures and uh, long story short, uh, I swept the professional category the first year I entered. So I took first place. I took first place and the only other prize I gave, which was an honorable mention. And there were 8,700 entries and 20 some hundred photographers. And so it was really like very surreal for me, you know, just this, again, self-challenge project to, to push myself like that. And I spent, it wasn't like I did it here and there, you know, I would sit out for five hours in the morning and, you know, three hours at night or vice versa. And, 
day after day and the folders just piled up in my computer. You know, you look back at how much time I spent to learn something. So I learned a lot of lessons. I learned to put in the time. I, I learned to edit. I learned to look at edit and be constructively, you know, I criticized myself. And it just was a fabulous, um, you know, again, I, I don't think it was a, it was a learning experience, definitely. But I think it just reaffirmed what I've done all my life and how I've approached things that, you know, you're never, to me, great. You just always can get better. And yeah. uh, I always want to be able to get better. That's fantastic. Steve, for, for departments that don't have dedicated staff photographers or, or, or videographers, what advice do you have for those teams? How do they get better at capturing content? What what are what's three things that a department that has no staff photographer could do today, tomorrow to get better at capturing content? Wow, three things off the top of my head. Um, you know, again, I think getting in the the biggest thing to me is getting uh, in real life situations. I think uh, you know, to me, I like to see the the spark in the learning. You know, the light bulb going on, the uh, interaction to show. What makes your people, you know, your university strong or your college strong? And that's the people, you know, it's the people you have, your teachers, your staff. Um, um, you know, to me, that's one good thing is just to put yourself in real situations, classroom, learning, uh, research, um, you know, show what makes your university the best. You can't do that a lot of times by posing, you know, totally posing. So I think the real is, again, what's always worked for me. Um, you know, and people are so savvy nowadays with photos and, you know, social media and you see you're, you're bombarded with so many photos day in and day out. So to me, to make it the most real you can, I think, I think people will see that it's real and not, uh, you know, not just discounted, um, you know, to really say three things, I don't know, but, you know, I know engaging videos and, uh, you know, um, we, we talked about it in here just a little bit ago with Ben over here, but cell phones, a great tool. You don't have to have the greatest tools that I have. Just get in, get in close with stuff with a cell phone, let people just do what they're doing and move in close. Even if that's the only tool you have, I think that can be a fabulous tool for a lot of things. Um, you know, beyond that, uh, the biggest thing that I did at CMU, and I think a lot of people can do is start a really great archive. You know, my job, my boss would always say, oh, you're a perfectionist. You know, you can be in there in 10 minutes and be out. And and, and I'm like, well, what am I going to do if I leave after 10 minutes? You know, I'm going to go back to my office and sit there until the next thing. I would stay the hour, you know, spend that little bit extra time while you're doing right. it and start an archive. Um, get some pictures in. So when you need a picture, a different picture, you have different versions of the same person or right or different versions of the same class that you can pull. Again, people are really smart. I don't know if you watch TV news, you see the loops all the time, the same video, you know, the same image in the same loop even. People are too savvy for that nowadays. So build an archive, you know, start it up with a folder system or some kind of simple, um, you know, keywording, just so you can get back to the seasons even. Start with seasons, start with the different colleges start with uh, different rock star teachers, you know, instructors. Right. Those are some things I think can really help. Awesome. Steve, thank you so much for being a part of this live podcast. Let's give Steve Jessmo a round of applause. Thank you, Steve. All right.
And now my next guest, Mr. Mark Carvu from Elgin Community College. Please welcome Mark. How you doing, Jeff? Mark, it's good to see you. 25 years plus at Elgin. Is that right? Yes, Am I reading 20, that right? Yep. 25 years at the end of this month. At the end of this month. Wow. Congratulations. So, you know, full disclosure, Mark and I worked together for about five years when I was at Elgin Community College. And so we've got dirt on each other that uh, we've, we've committed to sharing uh, depending on, you know, what happens. Right. So we... we We've got yeah, stories. I, I think so. So you should be careful as well. Well, you should be careful. So, no. okay. <laughs> it's always good to start that interview very adversarially, <laughs> right? You know, that's that's what they teach you. You should be careful. No, yeah. you should be careful. Yeah. And then just like stare deeply into each other's eyes. Well, that's good. We got the guidelines down right away. That's right. So. Hey, we've got a baseline. So you're a member of an association I had not heard of until I met you and that's the university photographers association of america what is yes. that all about well it's kind of like uh ncmpr you guys are marketing mostly uh upa is photographers all involved in higher ed we're from everywhere from the small community colleges all the way to the big universities and we all share that same uh passion for photography and higher ed so what was your toughest assignment ever and it doesn't necessarily have to be at ECC, but it could be. What what was the toughest thing you had to shoot? Uh, it's been so many of them. But I would say the toughest one was one of my uh, first jobs coming out of college. And I was working for a local photographer. Uh, we had to go shoot something for a lawyer downtown Chicago. It was a company that was being sued for the work that they did on a three-ton chiller system that was that provided the chilling for a huge building on State Street. And I was just a photo assistant then. And then when we got up there, uh, we looked in the thing. It was all covered with rust. It's all big, rusty pipes. And at that point, the, the lawyer said, we need shots inside that. And... The photographer I was looking for goes, well, Mark, you just went from assistant to photographer. <laughs> and so I crawled into this big, rusty chiller system with my white pants on and uh, did my job. So why were you wearing white pants? It was before Labor Day. <laughs> I don't. Is that still a... <laughs> That's still a rule that you can't wear white pants after well, Labor Day? Well, that's what I'm going for. Okay. So. But really, were they It like, was the 80s, too. Oh, so. I was going to ask if it was like a leisure suit or something. Uh, no. Okay. But white, white. Okay. We'll get back to the yeah, white okay. pants later. So. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm already happy. We got the white pants. I didn't even. That was way further down my list. Oh, okay. How often you wear well, we, white we pants. We go back. That's right. Um, so I asked Steve this question. I'm, I'm interested in your answer as well. What can writers or other members of the marketing team learn from the way a photographer approaches their, their craft? Well, what I always like to do with my coworkers, especially the new ones that come in, I always encourage everybody to come on a photo shoot with me. Uh, I think it's important that they see exactly how we work through things and how we think when we're on site doing our shoots. I think there's a lot of misconceptions of what we do and that it's really easy. And then we just click a button 
but there's so much more thought and technical expertise that goes into what we try to do. And when I can show that to my coworkers, I think they get a, a different outlook on what it takes to get the job done. How do you capture, I mean, it's one thing to take the photo, right? But there's depth, there's emotion, there's feeling in, in these situations, whether it's a happy graduation moment or maybe, you know, something that might be sad that you're trying to capture or something, you know, memorializing something. How do you translate that from what you see in the lens to the finished product? Well, I'm looking to be very authentic. I want to try and capture something in a split second that maybe somebody's not seeing right there. But when you freeze that, you get a different look. Maybe it's just a a, a quick emotion or uh, the way they were doing something, their body shape, something like that. I'm trying to find something that's going to be unique to help tell the story. What assignment are you completely sick of as a photographer? Um, I cannot stand doing the grip and grins. <laughs> Say more. Uh, they're very boring. There's really nothing to them. But on the other side, they're, they're the bread and butter of what we do. Most of the times, they're people getting awards or being recognized for something. So the, I, I know that they're very important. There's a lot of historical value to those photos. And they, uh, off, they're they usually in a, a place where there's a lot of people gathered. And I tend to meet a lot of people there and get ideas for other stories or other things to shoot. So there is a positive spin on it. Is there a way to make the grip and grin better? White pants, maybe? You know, I might try that. <laughs> Not on you, on the so, subject. Oh. <laughs> no, well, honestly, though, have you thought about that? Because, right, there, there's a lot of routine in your job, I yes. assume. So what do you do to keep things fresh, especially after 25 years? You've shot, well, at ECC, you do four graduation ceremonies, right? So it's yes. like hundreds of graduations. So... You know, after 25 years, I can actually say that I'm not bored, that everything is still fresh to me. There's, I mean, we're, we turn over students every two years. Right. There's a whole new set of students, a whole new set of students with dreams and stories to tell. And there's, well, unfortunately, sometimes there's turnover in staff. We have new staff. We have new programs, things uh, develop from there. There's always something new going on, and I can honestly say that I'm really not bored. Yeah. I'm excited. I, 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 I'm still excited to come in every day as I was during that first year. There's just so much to do. That's awesome. I remember I was having a lot of fun with you uh, and your former colleague, Justin, who was the videographer at yes. the time. and. I would do voiceovers for, uh, for the commercials. Yes. And you guys would sometimes play around with those. Yeah. Uh, there's some pretty neat things we could do with editing and sound effects. <laughs> Where are those now? Um, I think Justin took them with him. I don't have them or <laughs> they would have been with me today. Yeah. If I had them. <laughs> you didn't bring the blackmail is what you're saying. No. So, but w- what is it about, so I always found you to be having a lot of fun at work. You approach your job with fun. Why, why is that important to you? What is, what, what, what element, what, what about your personality makes you 
bring that to the job? Well, I know one thing that really makes me feel uncomfortable sometimes is if I'm around people that make me feel uncomfortable, it gets me kind of nervous. I don't ever want anyone to feel that way about me, especially as a photographer, because that's going to show in your photos. So I try to just enjoy my job, let them know that I'm enjoying what I'm doing. And uh, I make a lot of jokes. Sometimes that doesn't get the smile. It gets another look that I'm not really <laughs> happy with seeing. So I got to look, try a little harder, but. What's something you wish academia understood about photography that they don't? I think it pretty much goes back to uh, what I was saying about uh, working with my coworkers is that I I don't think they realize the amount of uh, technical uh, expertise that we, we need to get our job done to tell the stories. Um, I don't think a lot of people know how much we put into lighting and how we're trying to create a mood for a lot of these photos. And I, I just wish some of them would actually go with me. And that's what happens sometimes when I go on some of these shoots where I'm shooting an administrator and I roll in with my big card of goodies and they're like, wow. I'm like, yeah, we're going to be using all of this. And it's just like, you're not just coming to take a picture. And I'm like, no, we're going, we're going to do a photo of you. <laughs> There's a difference. Yes. Yes. We're going to make a photo of you and we're going to make you look awesome. So going back to the question I asked Steve about a, what, what should a department that doesn't have a photographer do to capture really good content? Get a photographer. <laughs> All right. You I heard it here first. If your leadership is listening and you don't have a photographer, Get a photographer. Well, that would be the easiest thing to do. But basically, if a lot of you are running out there and having to do photos yourself, I think the biggest thing I could tell you is uh, get close to your subject. There's a lot of times when non-photographers are taking pictures, they try to get the whole thing in the shot. What we try to do when we're telling stories is we want to see the person. And I think the best way to see that person is if we could see their eyes. So by getting close up to your subject, you could really see their eyes. You could see a little bit more of what that person is. And I think that that would be the best advice I can get. Getting close, let's see those eyes. What about equipment? Equipment. Is the iPhone or other phones good enough? If you don't have a photographer, obviously. Well, I, th- I think the best, you know, when people ask me what's the best camera you can get, uh, I say it's the one that you have on you. Okay. Because as long as you have a camera on you, you have the ability to take a picture and create that moment. If it's an iPhone, that's fine. But what are you, if you have an iPhone and you're going to take a picture of someone, what do you do? Oh, come on. What do you do? Get up close. It doesn't matter what camera you have. Do your best to capture that person. Excellent. All right. Mark, thank you so much for being a guest oh, on the podcast today. Let's give Mark Caribou a round of applause. Oh, can I tell you something really quick? You can tell me something really so quick. It's, it's, your, it's your show. Well, I've been working out lately. I'm surprised you didn't tell me. You 
didn't notice, but uh, I got a personal trainer now. Oh, you do? Yes. I feel like uh, I'm, you're setting me up for something here, but yeah, well, the person, the personal trainer asked me, he wanted me to train me to be, you know, going to the UFC. Okay. Yeah. I so everyone know that. what the UFC is ultimate fighting championship. Okay. Yeah. I told them, no, I'm more of a KFC kind of guy. <laughs> Ladies so, and gentlemen, Mark Caribou and his white pants. So thank you so much for being a part of this first uh, live in-person pure and simple podcast. I hope that you all enjoyed it. I hope it was fun for you. I hope it was a great capper to what was just an outstanding and excellent conference in Grand Rapids. Thank you so much for being here. And please like, rate, subscribe, review the Pure and Simple podcast. And I'd love to have some of you on as guests as well. So talk to Jacqueline. I'm Jeff Julian for Pure and Simple. See you next time. Thank you so much. Pure and Simple is presented by the National Council for Marketing and Public Relations, an organization for marketing and PR professionals at the nation's two-year community colleges. For membership information, visit ncmpr.org. And don't forget to subscribe, download, rate, and review Pure and Simple wherever you get your podcasts.